0: Beautiful, but useless. Kind of like uh,
1: apples, MacBooks.
0: No, I'm kidding, kidding. It's all good.
1: So I have a cup of coffee and Jordan has a cup of tea. What does Andrew have?
2: I have a, a glass of water here.
1: A glass of water.
2: I was expecting it to be like a, a Red Bull. I actually, I actually tell
0: like, it's technically a bottle of water.
1: So you don't drink any kind of hot drinks? No. At all.
2: Apart from Lemsip. Yeah, this is where it gets tricky. Because so you guys don't consider uh Lemsips. Sorry, you guys consider Lemsips to be hot drinks, but I do not.
1: Yes. Well it's it is a drink and it is hot. What do you classify it as?
2: Before we get on to before we get on to the Lemsip thing, let's just let's just talk about the, the hot drinks in general. Uh I don't drink tea or coffee. I've never been into tea or coffee. I have tried it, and everyone always says, oh, you know, give it a try, you might like it now. I'm not interested, especially when you see how dependent some people are on it. You know, they can't start their mornings without a coffee or whatever. So I'm not interested in doing that. Wait, 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 wait. I see you in the office with a Coke Zero in the morning. You haven't seen me in the office with with a Coke Zero in, in the morning since, like, I don't know how long. Like, um, mm. the, late, the the latest I will have... Sorry, the earliest I will have one is like, 11. And even that's then... Still that's the morning. Even then, that's only been, like, two or three times since we've been in that office.
1: I mm.
0: don't know. To me, in my head, it looks like more. But I'll give you it.
1: But you see kef- coffee as being more addictive than Coke Zero.
0: I drink less tea and coffee
2: than you drink Coke Zero. There's multiple yeah, things same. wrong with coffee, though. I mean, obviously... I don't want to get into the coffee versus Coke Zero, but...
1: (laughs) I didn't know that that was a debate. I didn't know that that was an actual legitimate debate. Okay. Coffee breath is
2: something I don't want to be part of, I'm just going to be honest. And also... Right. Coke Zero is not something that gives me a boost like it seems to give... Like coffee seems to give people... Like some people, like, like I said earlier, can't start their day without a coffee whereas a Coke Zero is just, like, a nice drink to me. Right. So that that kind of caffeine, the same with uh, Red Bull as well, doesn't actually affect me at all
0: in the sense of waking up or anything like that. I don't know. I think that might be one of those things where you might not notice it, but... I mean, talking about Coke versus coffee is a, is a bait, though, like, I know you don't want to get onto it, but Coke is really bad for you, regardless of, of of whether it has sugar in it or not. Like I was talking to who was I talking to? I was talking to some nutritionist person and Of course. He's and he, he was saying that this the stuff in Coke binds to your fats and it's mm. it does something really weird um to your fat, like to your fat cells. Whereas coffee is pretty much natural um, it's not good for you because it's a stimulant, but at the same time, there's um, research to suggest that having cups of coffee lowers your, um, is it risk to certain types of cancers, I believe?
1: Anything, you could find anything and it would both increase and decrease the <laughs> risk of cancer.
0: Apart from Coke Zero,
2: which will. Apart from Coke Zero, which, <laughs> will, which is
1: guaranteed to increase it.
2: Yeah, thanks guys. I, I Right, so... I used to drink a lot of Coke, full fat Coke uh, previously, like when I was like 15 to 16. And uh, basically it put on, I ended up putting on a lot of weight because I was drinking it quite a bit. So I switched to Coke Zero and obviously I'm, I'm weight wise much better now. Yeah, but just because you can be unhealthy
0: and be normal weight.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that's why I was just saying weight-wise. At the same time, I understand that it might not be great for you, but I have technically cut down a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you have a a coke uh, problem.
2: Andrew. <laughs> that could be taken one way or another. I might. I, I would disagree, but that one is a friend. Okay, so uh, just a bit of background. Since um, previously working at home for a year, um, I drank. A lot of Coke then, because it was in my fridge downstairs. My fridge would be constantly full, and I would basically just go downstairs in the morning and grab a Coke, and then throughout the day, every time I finished, would probably get another up until you know ten o'clock at night. Now, being in the office, I won't have one till at least lunch, if not eleven, when I really just need something to drink. And the reason is, actually, because the water in the office is is terrible and we need a water cooler. So I'm just putting it out there. Um,
0: (laughs) I will pay monthly for a water cooler in the office if you cut down Coke Zero to two a week.
1: Two a week?
0: I can tell you that's not going to happen at
1: all. That's like, I wouldn't be able to cut down to, like, two coffees a week. I've had two cups of coffee today.
2: In scale, then, you have to have one coffee a week. Okay. No, that's not okay. You're not going to do that.
0: Well, I'll just switch to tea.
1: <laughs> that's because, Andrew, Jordan has a number of hot drink choices, and he doesn't mind which one he has. Unfortunately, your only hot drink choice is Lemsip.
0: Yeah, which is fatal if you, take too much, if you drink it as much as you <laughs> drink
2: your Coke. It's not like a hot drink, though. Um, it is. It is liquid that you drink,
0: and it is hot.
2: No, because it's it's, it's a medicine, <laughs> right? It's it's not a daily hot drink. It may, be, it may be a drink that is consumed with heat, but my main point for the fact that Lemsip does not count as a hot drink is the fact that it's a medicine, it's not a daily yes. drink, and it that shouldn't yeah. go into the same... The same category because you do not go, Oh, do you want a tea, coffee, or lem sip? Like every single time someone asks you if one drinks. That's, drink that's true, want. but
1: but this is like um this is proof that you're capable of drinking something that is hot. It's not that. It's just right. that you don't like tea and On you that don't point, not like coffee.
2: I do not like drinking lemsips, but I drink them because they they help a sore throat. Okay. I'll tell you what. It's like you don't take pills for the fun of it, right? I mean, yeah, but you don't drink vodka martinis
0: for the fun of it. I don't. Oh. Yes, you do, John. You, oh, well, okay. People so love those. Okay. Yeah, but not during the day. So I don't go in the morning. Do you want a, um, a special martini to get your day started? Uh, or a coffee or a tea? They're not everyday drinks for morning times.
2: Well, coffee or tea is.
0: Hey, Andrew, do you want a uh, tea, coffee, or a special martini to get your day going?
1: It depends.
2: Oh, yes. It depends where you work, to be fair. But <laughs> like, I I think that's a completely power uh, point. Really,
0: like that doesn't that doesn't. I don't see where you were going with that. What I'm trying to say is, it's a hot drink, and it's not that it's not really classed as a hot drink because it's got alcohol in it, but it's still a hot drink.
2: But it's an alcoholic drink, and it's the same fact that you you wouldn't you wouldn't offer someone that during the day. is your point? Therefore, I do not think it goes into the hot drinks category. It's an alcoholic drink, because the fact that it's hot isn't that important compared to the fact that it's alcoholic.
1: Do you like hot chocolates?
2: Um, not, not really. Again, with with (laughs) sips, I will drink them to to soothe my throat, whatever, or if it's literally like the last option.
1: Have you ever had hot Ribena? Mm,
2: Absolutely not. Is is that a Southern thing?
1: No. (laughs) No, you just put Ribena in hot water.
2: No, I've 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 never had that.
0: I'm going to tell you that physics is against you in any argument that says that Lemsip isn't a hot drink because it's hot.
2: It's not about the physics of it. It is. It's about the social perception of it. As I said earlier, you do not offer someone a Lemsip alongside a tea or coffee every single time you want you know you offer them a drink therefore i don't put it into the hot drinks category
0: mm, you don't but i think the rest of the world will
2: it's a medicine it's a special case I dis- i'm going to disagree
1: i think it proves the fact that there is some capacity for andrew to drink a hot liquid
2: not that i like it carry on
1: yeah but uh, i think clearly we've not found the hot liquid for andrew there's one there's one out there but we we've not found it yet it's not tea and it's not coffee
2: at the same time though the problem isn't the fact that the drink may not taste nice it's the fact that there's problems associated with hot drinks now one of them oh, is, the fact is that interesting. you have to obviously boil a kettle or somehow get heat in there
1: there's more work involved, yeah.
0: Somehow get heat into the drink. Yes.
2: Um, As well as the fact that when, you know, you have boiling water or a boiling drink it is potentially harmful, harmful. If you, you know, spill it on yourself. Yeah, um, it's hot. Yep. Yeah, you have to wait, one, to make it, two, to drink it.
1: Yeah, I don't always drink my drink, my hot drink straight away. Sometimes I like to wait a little while. And that can be very frustrating sometimes, like when uh, uh, one time in particular, I remember because it was really frustrating. I was uh, driving home from London or somewhere on the motorway and I stopped to get a coffee and it was so hot I couldn't drink any of it. And I ended up just tipping it away because I wanted to go (laughs) because it was just too hot.
2: Well, this is this is the thing. Like when I go, like my mind just goes, oh, I want a drink. You know, I I go downstairs and I grab a coke and I open it and I have a drink instantly. If I had to do that for a hot drink, I would have to go downstairs. I would have to stand around while, it, while the kettle boils, then make it. And then if if you're doing a, a posh coffee, as, as well, I don't know if it counts as a posh coffee, but you know, using a cafetiere and you have to let it brew, and then it's the fun of it. It's still hot, and then you can't drink it. It's absolutely. So the issues uh, like don't make it make it worth it for me. I I don't like the smell of coffee or tea. Um, I don't like the the time related to it. I don't like the fact that it's potentially harmful, and I don't like the fact that um I don't
0: like the feeling of your tongue being I don't burned. Know. You have to get rid of the the potentially harmful thing. <laughs> you really do have to get rid of the potential No, that's not thing. true.
2: John, you have, have spilt coffee or tea on yourself before. Just stop laughing at me. <laughs>
1: it's potentially harmful.
0: <laughs> Wait, hang on. Wait, you are talking about potentially harmful because it's hot, and I, are you referring to when I spilled that tea, cup of tea on my chest, like, last week?
2: But not just you, though. I, I, I know people who have spilt teas and coffee on themselves, or kettles, and... Have have got marks from it.
0: Okay, a mark. Okay, fine.
2: And, if, and even the thing is, if you're that tired in the morning, you shouldn't be handling boiling water. Moving on?
1: <laughs> I think that's the end of that topic.
2: <laughs> I don't think we're done here. If you'd like to keep updated with the Mavis Podcast, our Twitter handle is at Mavis Podcast, and you can also find us at mavispodcast.com. We're on iTunes under Mavis and we'd really appreciate your reviews. And of course, feel free to tweet us any questions. Thanks for listening to the Mavis podcast. So, do you guys like notebooks? Yeah.
0: Yes. I, I like many a notebook. Probably not as much as... I don't know, this is a, this is a difficult one. I think we all love notebooks in, in a similar way, right? The difference between, like, us three, I think, is the areas of notebooks that we like, or the specific idiosyncrasies of notebooks, the like, types of notebook. And I think that's why we start to differ. So I love notebooks, and there's elements of notebooks that I love. You, Jules loves notebooks, and there's tons of elements that he loves, and, and the same with you. So I think we can say yes, but not all in the same way.
2: Yeah, so to my thoughts here are basically we all use Quite a lot of similar items, uh, a lot of Japanese stuff. So if we um, pronounce anything incorrectly, then don't kill us. Um, but the same, like you were saying, it's the the uses I think that differ um, the
0: the most. I guess the excitement and, doesn't though. No, of course. Because when I I went to Japan and spent six hundred quid on stationery for all three of us, and coming back from Japan. We had. It wasn't actually notebooks. It was more stationery, wasn't it? Like like pens and pencils and inks and yeah. uh, pencil cases. So maybe not notebooks specifically, but um, we 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 can get onto that.
2: So so just on that, the the majority of my list here is is stationery, and I guess some, some of the little parts as well as the big players. Um, and then there's like a couple of notebooks that I use.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned there about the stuff that we got from Japan, it's not just notebooks, it's everything about the notebook. So it's the pens, the pencils, the rulers, the um, everything, everything about it. But I think we always kind of t- tend to term this as notebooks or notebooking. I think that's yeah. because that's like the primary thing, isn't it? You're, you're doing something in a notebook, but there are all these things around it that are interesting too.
2: Yeah. So with every with every pen and with every pencil, you know, you've got a refill or some lead, and right down to that, it, it does matter to us at least what we're actually using.
1: Yeah. So for me personally, I started using. Well, I mean, obviously, as we all do, we grow up and in school we tend to use pens and paper and things like that when we're learning. But um, I think it was around. 2005 or something like that, that I started using uh, a lot more notebooks. I was reading uh, Getting Things Done, uh, which is a which is a book on productivity. And it basically mentioned, you know, you should just have, it's a very kind of old school productivity book. And there, I'm sure there are plenty of others these days that, that focus more on digital stuff. But it basically said, you know, you should just have a notebook and some loose leaf paper so that you can write things down and put it into a physical inbox. So I gave that a go and I bought some really cheap notebooks and I used some of the pencil, pens uh, that I liked when I was in school. And that's how I kind of started not just using a computer but using a computer and notebooks to for kind of different things, different reasons.
2: As a, as a developer, um, I think using paper and a notebook, Previously a moleskin. Previously a moleskin. Um, basically, uh, we you know started out kind of mapping stuff out and using it to, to jot ideas down and you know using whatever basic pen you can get a hold of. And then um, shortly after meeting you, Jules, and working with you more, I guess that's when you introduced us, well, me at least, into to some some nicer stuff. I had a,
0: I had a moleskin. Yeah, no, I think it was Jules, but, uh, well, maybe not necessarily Jules on the, the moleskin to start with. I always loved the idea of having a a, a moleskin notebook. I think it was actually one of the designers at work had one, and they just looked really nice. But it was not a grid moleskin; it was just completely blank. And I remember having a conversation with you, Jules. And looking at some of the stuff, especially with pencil, it was. I remember it was a lead holder. I had a two millimeter lead holder, Japanese uni uh, lead holder, a black one, and a moleskin, um, gridded moleskin. And oh yeah,
1: so that was the that was the field uh, uh, lead holder. Yeah. the, the two uh, no. point with B lead. If I remember yeah. correctly.
0: Yeah, um, it, I went from HB to B back to HB because. It was difficult um I don't know um that that's a conversation for another time but or at least a little bit later, but having started out my career designing software as I go along, having a gridded moleskin allowed me to just design things before even being near a computer, and I must have gone through two or three of them. With just designs that made it into production in certain companies um, and a repertoire of software tools and even stuff that we've designed but never actually implemented, and you can just, just kind of go back and you can go look through them and you go actually, yeah, if I was to now design this i've got a, I've got an instruction manual of my architecture, and for me, that was the biggest thing about switching to kind of just notebook based development <laughs> software development.
1: It allows for a kind of free form of ideas. You you can just write anything down, and especially when you use pencil, erase it, and then do something else. that it's a lot easier to just have, you know, some the connection between your brain and getting it out into the physical world seems to be shorter.
0: I've never used a pen in any of my Moleskine, um big Moleskine books. I say big the, um, the what the A five. Kind of well it's slightly slightly smaller.
1: Yeah, the moleskins have their own size yeah. basically. But the
0: I've never used pen in one. And there's a couple of reasons I feel like when you imprint something in pen, it, it, it you have you give it you have to push it harder and therefore it leaves more of an indent onto the next set of pages or previous pages. I actually feel it's slower to write with, um, especially neatly. Um, and having that lead holder was so good. The only thing that was difficult about it is I lost the sharpener for it like six times in the space of
1: three years. Now you used the Mitsubishi pencil sharpener uh, that we got at the same time. I think I I did an order from JetPens. We'll put a link in the show notes. And when I did these orders, I tend to do these kind of relatively large orders. I would ask other people in the office if they wanted something, because of the amount of uh, uh, shipping and then tax on top that you had to do. It was easy to just ask other people if they wanted things too. So um, uh, Mitsubishi Pencil do a a, a sharpener, which is specifically designed for those two uh, mill leads. And, you just kind of slide it off to one side, put the lead in it and sharpen it up and you can empty it out into a bin afterwards. But I don't think it was until later that I told you that um, those field uh, lead holders actually haven't a sharpener in the oh end.
0: Oh God, yeah, I remember that. I remember not being able to use it properly for about a year. And then you said, you know, it's got a sharpener on the end. I went, what? And and then subsequently I lost that black field lead holder. Um, oh really? Yeah, I do you oh, remember? A shame. I lost it, and my black one was my favourite, and then I, I got a grey one because Andrew then got a black one.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. So on on pencils, then while we're talking about them, there there are basically kind of two that we two types that we really really liked, um and that was the Kuratoga as well as the the lead holders. You know the standard lead holders. Um, and I think I used, uh, at the time I was mostly using the curatoga but I was also using the lead holder as well. I had a, a red field lead holder.
0: Yeah, the curatoga. So the, I used that lead holder all the time and looking back at my notes and how thick the lines were, I thought, oh, this looks amazing. And then I, I had the curatoga for a while, but never really used it, um, and then when I started using it in the skin, I was just like, holy crap. I can fit so much more. It's so much neater. I don't have the sharpening issues. And that quickly became my favorite pencil of all time. The the roulette, though. I mean, this is the thing about the Kuru I I like a pencil that feels substantial. It feels like a... It almost feels like a pen, you know? Yeah. It, it, the quality of it, the weight. And then you know, the the standard Kuro you see in the shops are kind of plastic and <clears throat> you've got the high grade one which is a little bit more metally, but then you don't have that really nice grip and it just it just doesn't feel as I dunno, and it's annoying because they don't make the current roulette anymore, do they?
1: Oh no, they still make it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was looking last night.
1: It's probably worth mentioning what the Kuratoga is for anyone who doesn't know.
2: So with the Kuratoga we're talking, Kuratoga uh, we're talking about is the um, roulette point five millimeter. Uh, mine is a gun metallic body uh, with the the unique Kuratoga lead in it. the point five, and it's actually B lead. I really do love this thing, and it it kind of amazes people when you tell people about it because they don't really think about you know pencils being like this really, but. Um, as you write, it, it twists the lead round, turns lead round. So when you write again, you basically don't end up with one side of lead that is completely flat. You end up just continuously sharpening each edge, meaning that you've always got a single point, which is really, really nice.
1: Yeah, the, and, the, and the lead that you're using is, in fact, the Kuratoga branded lead, yes. which has a, a harder material in the middle which allows for that kind of uh, for the, a natural kind of shaping of the lead as it goes round. So the outsides is slightly softer than the insides, meaning that it kind of lends itself to having that that sharp edge. And the, the thing that Jordan kind of mentioned there was the fact that it's not been upgraded yet, and the Kuratoga engine, which is what um, the Mitsubishi Pencil Company kind of brand this technology as is the same across all of the versions of the Kuratoga that have been available up until recently. And recently they added two new innovations on top. One was the pipe slide, and now they've got what they call the Kuratoga Advance, which actually has some additional advances in it as well. The amount that the lead rotates has been increased without increasing the amount of time it takes for the lead to rotate. So I think it's basically twice as fast. Sorry, twice as far. So as you lift your pencil up, it has rotated just like the original Kuratoga, but it has actually rotated uh, by a larger degree. Meaning, you know, that it's it's even better for making sure that you've always got a sharp point.
2: I don't know about you guys, but I really want to get my hands on one of those. But I want it to be at least a metal body version. I want it to be as nice as the current roulette.
1: So, I mean, I understand why the advance is what it is, and we'll put a link in the show notes as well, but it allows for them to be able to produce multiple colours quite easily because it's really, it's the plastic around the yeah. barrel that has been changed. And then the other parts, the the furniture, as some people call it, is the same across all of them where you've got this kind of silver effect uh, for the metal on the clip. as you guys And this know. actually this is a this is a really interesting thing and this is something that i um i have wondered about many many times is that uh, i feel like sometimes the innovation in the world of pens and pencils isn't as fast as i would like it to be and perhaps i've been spoiled by the world of consumer electronics but like some of the pens um that, that i have used and that are still available are 20 years old and they're not even the old ones. There are ones that are even older than that. Um, but when you look at the the UniBall I, which is a liquid ink, there's like a, they've now got like a designer series of it. But it's basically the same as it was 20 years ago. That not much has changed. And I think um, the Jetstream ink, which is also a favorite of ours, uh, is about 15 years old. Is that right? Something like that. It's crazy. They, yeah. they haven't changed that much at all
2: it's it's i'm i'm glad but it does make me wonder when these things are going to go away and which is bad because you know we use these things daily and we need constant refills and i i'd i'd be really upset if they got rid of like the the jetstream ink that we use
1: yeah i think they'll will, they will continue to make the jetstream ink i'm sure of it um it's uh so the jetstream ink is a hybrid which gives you the same kind of feeling uh, as a, uh, a rollerball, so like a grease-based ink, but also uh, a lot darker lines, similar to uh, pigment ink, and it is um, it's really fast drying. Uh, there are a few of these around, but I think the jets the Jetstream ink was really kind of the the first one to perfect this idea of a hybrid ink, and while I know many people don't like the Jetstream because sometimes people say that it skips I find that it's the it's the one mil version that skips and the 0.7 is my sweet spot
2: I do I do have an issue when obviously when it's getting low it starts to skip but um it depends what kind of paper you use if you use some quite like thick paper it does have some issues there and you have to really go for it but you know i I, I guess it depends on what you use and luckily I kind of get away with that uh, the the Jetstream ink in question here is the Jetstream SXR seven uh, point seven millimeter refill. We'll put a link in the show notes as well to that. Um, this actually sits inside of my uh, Jetstream Prime 7, uh, 07 millimeter as well, which is uh, amazing. It's ah it's, uh, the Jetstream Prime. It's. The... I mean, I'm
1: I'm actually using one as well. That's one of my primary uh, Yeah,
2: pairings. so I, I'm actually using it, it right now to write down. Uh, things as we, we record this podcast but this is my my daily pen and also just to add in this is uh, the single version uh, they actually do a, a multi-pen version of this as well um, they do
1: multiple multi-pen versions yeah there are quite a, there are quite a few in the jetstream prime family uh, but they are a, a premium tier basically because they are mostly metal in their construction
2: yeah, so the the thing I really love about about these these pens and, and pens in general um, is that these pens are solid. They don't rattle. They don't make noise, obviously, unless you click them. Um, they feel really solid. You don't get you know uh, ink rattling around inside, like sloshing from side to, not sloshing from side to side, but hitting the sides of the pen. It's all really tight, and it's got really nice weight to it as well. Um, and I think we all do. We all use the Jetstream Prime as our daily pen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love that pen. I I actually think I want to buy another just because I've I used a clip on it. I've used a clip on it quite a bit.
1: Oh so, yeah. yeah, your clip is loose, isn't it? Yeah,
0: um, and that's because I have like a little leather notebook pouch that has um, effectively it's the size of the field notes and moleskin smaller uh, notebooks and it fits about three or four of those notebooks in so day to day what I would do is I would carry those notebooks around in that nice pouch and I would clip my Jetstream Prime to the rope you know the, the elastic string that would go around it and inadvertently what I've done is I've loosened it so it taps it rattles a little bit now, I don't really mind so much because you only notice it when you've got a brand new Jetstream slash your Jetstream around. Um, but, you know, I think it's nice to have a backup. I mean, speaking of backups, I've just ordered two Kuratoga 0.5 roulettes to my house.
2: So, so just to go back to this, so my, my yeah, my daily pen is the Jetstream Prime. I carry a Kuratoga roulette in my pencil case as well. Where, uh, and that's basically because um, it's really nice for writing some kind of smaller, um, I guess, text based stuff in my notebook. I also have the previously mentioned UniField lead holder, the 2mm version, uh, with some Mitsubishi Uni B 2mm lead in it. Um, and you, that is, so that you're is all for... B lead, aren't you?
0: I am, yes. I really do have the B lead. I've got HP and... in mine at the moment. Um, I, I prefer it, it stays harder. <laughs> it stays harder for longer.
1: Yeah, I I really <laughs> like B lead. I'm, I'm a big fan of B lead. I find that the the softness and the dark lines to be um, a benefit,
2: but it's a smudge, easy, it, much, it much does smudge easily. It does, yeah. Um, so. and the lead holder is really nice for to doing those kind of, um, I guess, diagrams and like things that are not not text based as well in in the notebooks because. You, you know that the Curtog is only 0.5 mm it's, it's really quite thin and uh it doesn't really do lines like really nicely so when it comes to drawing something out or doing a diagram of potentially how something and uh, a flow is going to work in terms of some software engineering or something um it's really nice to use the lead holder to to draw that stuff out uh something else i have in my my notebook uh sorry in my pencil case that i use daily is um, a collection of Zebra mudliners. Now, I don't think Jules knows this, but I now uh, carry around the green, red, and amber Zebra mudliner. Uh, although I do have every single um, one of them in the packs, and I'll put the links in the show notes for them. I know, Jules, you, yeah, interesting. you have a couple of these, don't you?
1: I do, yeah. I find them quite an interesting uh, colour, really. I suppose it's the colour on them that, that makes them stand out. Um, I, I actually have one in front of me right now uh, by coincidence, which is in fact the gray, uh, the gray version of the zebra wild yeah. uh, liner. Um, yeah, I, I quite like them. They are they're quite an interesting uh, type of pen because it's, it's if you imagine essentially like a highlighter but but not necessarily highlighting colors. So it's a similar kind of thing to be yeah. able to highlight something with what you traditionally get with these fluorescent yellow pens. But in this case, it's a grey. So it's a really different kind of feeling, but you can do similar kind of things with it.
2: Yeah, just a, just, just a tip for anyone who's on Instagram and is into pens. If you go on Instagram and search for Mildliners, you will just be amazed at some of the stuff people do with these things. They are absolutely gorgeous. Some of the photos are amazing. I am not a
0: highlighter
2: fan, so I I don't use these often to actually highlight text, or that kind of. I, I use them. I, I like to do a bit of color coding. I'll explain that later when we get to notebooks. Um, I just I'd really wanted to mention them because they are really nice.
0: I literally prefer consistency overall. So what I the thing I like the most about looking back through my moleskins, three or four of them now, is yeah I switched to using the Kuritoga more often so you know the thickness of lines is different but if you flip through all those books everything looks consistent it just looks like a flow of like a running flow a consistent flow of pencil and I really like that and I like to just pick a page and go oh yeah part of me is like you know I like the idea of having a notebook with mixes, like is that still cool to see.
2: I think one of the biggest things here that we'll probably get onto later is the fact that you you don't use a journal uh, daily, right. and you you don't kind of um, do similar stuff to what me and Jules do every single day in our in our journals, and we'll get to that later. So maybe these Eberl modliners are not really uh, sorry. I use these I use the modliners in my journals more. Way like ninety five percent more than I use them in my notebooks, so that's why these might not appeal to you as much. Potentially, I mean,
0: I'm all for the idea of highlighting specific things in like designs. So I think that's a really important, yeah, a really important thing to use highlights for. However, if I was going to do that, I would probably be using something like OneNote and design note.
2: But these these aren't just you know, highlighters as such, they are just generally like you can use them for whatever you want. They're just color pens. Hmm. They're just, um,
1: Does like the color not
0: bleed over to to each like felt nib?
1: I think it depends on your paper.
0: Yeah,
2: you you have to be quite careful with them sometimes. And they they if you you know if you obviously if you hold them down they're going to bleed a lot. But I've had really good really good experience with them so far. Um, is anyone is anyone currently using any of the pens or pencils that we don't we haven't mentioned yet? Um, I
1: am yes. You have I, a set I of reckon, pencils?
2: I, I mean, reckon. I, I thought you would, Jules. I thought you'd be using a couple.
0: You have a set of pencils though that we we brought back from Japan that were similar to the Kuratoga, but you wanted to give them a trial. How how did that go?
1: Did I've tried. You... Well, I mean, I've tried all sorts of things. And I think it's important to mention that um, I actually have way more stationery than you guys have by a long way. Uh, I I started collecting various different types. I was basically looking for the perfect uh, writing implements. And um, I started in, you know, 2005-ish, uh, getting all sorts of things specifically around the companies that I thought were the most interesting. So the you know, Mitsubishi Pencil Company is is the primary one there. Um, and so it's, it's worth keeping in mind that I have a, an absolute load of these. I have uh, Kuretogas that are really thin. I have uh, uh, lead holders that have various different grades uh, of lead. I've got a couple of fountain pens. I've got gel pens, I've got liquid ink pens, I've got a real uh, large mixture of um, all different kinds from multiple brands, American, Japanese, and and everywhere in between. But the, the interesting thing is that when it comes down to it, I've basically been using the same small setup for quite a while. And basically, that consists of the aforementioned uh, Uni Jetstream uh, Prime with the 0.7 black mm. and, is that a uh, and the single yeah, the same the same one that you're using. And I also tend to use a, a Zebra Sharbo X ST3, oh, which is the mention one that this later. Well, this is the one that Jordan got from Japan, um, and I, I, I used a, an LT3 beforehand. Um, and I still have that one around. It's not archived away. It's still actively in use. Um, but the, that's those are the two that I use. And you know, if I'm leaving the house, those are the ones that I care about having with me when I'm going somewhere to work. Um, and while I do have tons of others, those are the ones that I really, really use. And you know, I like I mentioned before, I've got a mob liner in front of me right now. I've also got a Lamy Safari in front of me right now, and a Pilot v- V-Pen, just because I just so happen to have it in front of me. But those are, I wouldn't necessarily say that those are the ones that I use all the time. These these are part of my collection that are, you know, occasionally used, but not used in the same way that I use my Shabo uh, X and my Jetstream.
2: So... So, what kind of use cases do you have for these uh, different pens that you you don't you know are not your daily slash go to pen, but you have and you carry around with you?
1: Yeah. Um, so, uh, we'll we'll talk more about the the Shabo X later, I, I guess. But um, yeah. say, for example, the um, the Lamy Safari. I've recently decided that I wanted to get uh, a nicer fountain pen. I've only had disposable fountain pens previously. Um, I. Was uh, I saw a tweet by Brad Dowdy, who is the host of the Pen Alex podcast on Twitter, where he mentioned, you know, which is which is your favorite out of these two pens, and basically, you know, people were voting on it, and I just thought, well, I, I wanted to have a nice fountain pen, so whatever whatever is the winner of this poll, I will get one of those. And uh, the winner was the Lamy Safari, and I decided to get a fine um, Lamy Safari. Uh, in white, which is a lovely, lovely design. It's it's a nice, um, shiny, white, kind of stormtrooper style. Um, and then just a, just a few weeks later, someone asked me if I wanted to take uh, their Lamy Safari off their hands because they didn't like it. And this was the, I believe it's called the, the petrol colour. Um, I would have to check, but it's a... Uh, I have a Lamy Safari looking at this. Um and they call it matte umbra, uh, but th- but this is a this is a medium, and I both they both got black ink, and so I I basically try them out, um, and I have used them for various things. I, I wrote some notes, some uh, wireframes earlier using one of these, uh, the, using the the medium uh, nib.
0: I'm looking. Where, where did I put my Lama Safari? I actually hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate Lumisphere. I have an issue with fountain pens. I can't keep my writing consistent with them because I really want to read... Read? Uh, write night... Write nightly? Uh, <laughs> write neatly with them. And there's only a couple of fountain pens... Like, you know, you've got these budget, cheapo Parker ones that are actually all right. You know, they were really... Some of them are really, really nice. But I find I can never decide when it comes to fountain pen. I think it's the nib, whether it should be a medium or a, f- a fine nib. Which one, for me... I can get consistency out of because and that's I think with the, I think I have a fine or I think, yeah, I think I have a fine, um, Lamy safari. Um, and it was bought Georgia bought me it actually as a, as a present. And I never I really, I like I used it once and I've, I don't think I've used it since you can have it if you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, another one for me. Great. <laughs> I can add it to my collection. But the thing
2: about, um, Fountain pens for me, is they just seem to get too messy sometimes, and it's not something I, I, I want to be dealing with. I, I, you know, I understand that if you, if you, uh, you keep up to it cleaning them out and things like that, they can be okay. But the fact is, they they do require being cleaned out a lot.
1: They certainly do, yeah. They, they certainly require more attention. And I would say that actually, this is part of the stationary world that I have not really delved into. I know quite a bit about it from listening to the Pen Addicts podcast, mm-hmm. but um, it's, it's a part of the world uh, of, of stationery that I've decided that I will look into at another time because of the fact that I actually mostly want to use, um, it's not really the right word, but the, the kind of modern pens where they are rollerballs or hybrids rather than, and mechanical pencils, rather than the more traditional, and this is why modern is not necessarily the right word, but uh, the the fountain pen style. The fountain pen style um, allows for way more customization. There are, when I said that the innovation in pen uh, stationery in general doesn't move particularly fast, that is not the case in the world of fountain pens. Uh, You get people who make, Uh, limited runs of these fountain pens. Many of these companies make small limited runs, so there's always something new. They're using new materials to to manufacture them. They're using uh, uh, techniques, which mean that, for example, when you screw the lid on, the beautiful textures all line up. They're fantastically lacquered. You get um, so many different types of nibs. You get nibs for writing um, music notes. Uh, You get nibs for doing calligraphy there are ones that you can basically swap around so if you write it one way around it's it's a a, um, a medium and then you flip it over and then it becomes a fine there is way more innovation there and that's not to mention the inks there are every color that you can imagine and every different type of uh, material uh, you know ingredients inside the ink that means you can get extremely vivid colors and some things like this the sparkly colors that have uh, you know bit, little little bits of material inside them that allow for amazing colors you get these kind of strange mixtures where you get perhaps a red and a green shimmer they're beautiful and there's loads of innovation but it's a whole world that I have decided that I I am not currently going to get into because of the fact that I will end up with I know you know I've got a massive case full of stationery. Now I can only imagine how many bottles of ink I would have, Um, you know, how many different um, uh, fountain pens I would have and how many different nibs I would have for those and how I would need uh, some kind of piston or something to fill them up. And, you know, all these different things and you need to clean them out when you want to change inks. There's, there's a lot more to it. And I love that world. I find it fascinating but it's not something that I'm currently into. And I, I don't really think that you guys would be either. You like the utility of being able to write in a notebook, but perhaps that is just a little bit too far for you guys.
2: I'm I'm not saying no to it for the future, really. I think it's something that I would like to have a really nice solution for. But the fact is you've got to spend the time getting to that solution, which is the tricky part. And also a lot of money because given the fact that i used to explain there's a lot to it that means that there's you know there's a lot of money in and some of these pens are really expensive
1: yeah hundreds of pounds yes. um just for the just for the pen and it's and you know these things like the the, the jet prime the single is relatively cheap the kurotogas are relatively cheap as well it's slightly more expensive than your standard pen but uh it's still really quite cheap uh to get hold of
2: hmm and if you're into fountain pens and stuff, you can listen to the uh, Pen Addict on the Relay uh, Relay FM uh, show. We'll, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes for that.
0: <laughs> I have a um, I have a Lamy um, mechanical pencil that is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's 0.7 mil, and I just use some HB lead in it. And I used to use that for everything, and it's worth a mention because it's absolutely, it's beautifully designed. It's metal. Um, the only thing I found with it, from switching back from the Kuratoga to the to the Lamy for a little bit, is it's much more uncomfortable. <laughs> much more uncomfortable, and I think that's probably the. The biggest thing for me switching back to the Kuratoga is it's yeah it's comfort and it's crazy you don't realise until you've had a pen.
2: I do find that my uh, my sometimes when heavily using the Kuratoga, my fingers do tend to rub and like have marks from where I've been holding it on the Kuratoga because it's got the the metal grip on it. Mm. So whenever I buy uh, pens or devices or cars. Whatever it is, I tend to buy them in black. Same with notebooks as well, which we'll get onto. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, the Kurutu Guru, like, that I have, Jules actually gave me as a gift, because he has got a few. So I've never. And when I was in Japan, they didn't actually have any in the store, which I thought was absolutely bonkers. Uh, Tokyo Hands being, like, the mecca of all stationery in the world. And I was hoping to go and buy a set of roulettes, but they just didn't have any. Um, And I've not. If you have a look online, it's very it's only occasionally that you'll see a Kurotoga roulette on pri like on Amazon you can get UK, you have to kind of order it from Japan or the US. So seeing that it was on the same day, so you'll they're on the same day delivery. Um I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna have them because I would like to have a silver one just in my arsenal of stationery.
2: Yeah, something that we'll get onto with the other parts is um Being someone who's into stationary notebooks, I tend to like to have a couple of backups of things, especially when it comes to refills and LEDs. So um, I I don't just buy one. I've I've definitely made that mistake before with with certain things.
0: Well, I'm thinking about... I want maybe another Jetstream. Like I said, I want another Jetstream Prime. So I wonder if Jetstream Prime is on Amazon Prime.
2: I had a look last night, and um, the only place I could find a Jetstream Prime single... That would ship to the UK is the same place I got mine from, which was eBay. And uh they're, they're quite tricky to get hold of.
0: Yeah, by the looks of it.
2: And you have to ship them from the US as well, if not Japan. Yeah, Japan as well. So you have to wait a little while, but that they're, they're they are worth it a lot. I I love these guys. I these pens are amazing. I I do love them. Before we move on to notebooks i wanted to talk quickly about uh the last little things that um are not notebook related but are pencil and pen related and one of them is um the i i don't know how to pronounce this it's it's spelled k-y-e-o-i and then orion's grid ruler which uh, i have in smoke which is something i think we all use jordan you've snapped one before
0: that's why yeah I've, i went over it um with my chair I didn't realise it was on the floor and I went back and then there was a crack and then I was like no
2: yeah we all gave you some uh some some roughing for
0: that i guess yeah. <laughs> so i ordered two spares in case it in case it happened again
1: yeah i ended up uh, finding this particular ruler because i wanted to have something that uh, to replace the ruler i had i was using at the time which which had been uh damaged because it was it had been sat next to an eraser for a long time and it kind of transferred it across i don't know the plastic ended up being kind of horrible looking so um i wanted to get another ruler and i ended up finding this one and it was a dream come true because it was exactly what i'd been waiting for and creative cloud has just updated i'm um, sorry about that
0: it's all right it decides to do that all the bloody time for me
2: the one thing i really like about this ruler is that like, it's, it's got the the tapered edge so it's it's not just a you know flat on both sides and going upwards. It's one side has got the the tapered edge, which gives you that really nice kind of sharp point in it, which is quite helpful.
1: Yeah, and and both sides have the the same measurement. There's no inches on here. It's Japanese, so therefore it's centimeters. Um, and one starts uh, at basically minus zero point five, and the other side starts at zero, which means that you get the option of going up to. Uh, having from zero to 15 with kind of like a gap around the outside or go from zero to 16.
2: Yeah. I do really It's like nice. It's, it's
1: a basically, it's a 15 centimeter ruler, but, um, but nicely done. It's really, really nicely done.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I do have a backup of this as well. Um, cause that's, I think, what we tend to do. Me too. Is kind of I think cool.
1: I've got, I think I've got three of them. This is the one that I'm actually using and two spares. Yeah. Uh, when you find a, when you find a gem like this, you need to make sure you've got some spares. Yeah, and yeah. it's a cheap one. You know these these things aren't super expensive. They're just hard to get hold of here in the UK. I'm sure in Japan you can just go anywhere and buy something like this, but you can't hit.
2: Well, yeah, I, I carry this around in my um, my pencil case, so it's with me all the time. Um, and it is a it's a 15 centimeter ruler, just to, as as George just alluded to. It's not a, a big, you know, 30 centimeter ruler or anything uh as well as the ruler i uh, have the previously mentioned uni 2 mm pencil lead sharpener um which is really nice it's really small um it's really clean i guess you could say uh, design wise is nice um and it does it does a really good job um and the other thing i also have is the uni boxy eraser in black and this thing oh, yeah uh, the thing about erasers is you get some that don't seem to work properly or don't always erase to the extent that you you want them to but the the, the boxy eraser really does as well for me uh, jules you found this one as well
1: yeah again it's this is um this is one where as soon as i've discovered it and realized how good it was i ended up buying a load of spares it is very very good the way that it works is so much better than any other eraser that I've used. It's quite soft in the way that it um, it, it hits the paper, but it so you can use it up quite easily. But um, mm-hmm. it really does work. It, it's good. It's kind to the paper, and it really takes the the lead off the page.
2: Yeah, and you can be quite gentle with it as well. Um, as, as Jordan said earlier, some of the pencils we use do tend to uh, with the B lead tends to to, to uh, blur i guess a little bit
1: yeah you get a bit of a, a like a dusting of yes. the lead over the top can actually um smudge in other yeah, places and one of the nice things about this particular um eraser is that i find that sometimes that's an effect you want so you may want to use your finger or something over the lead to uh, kind of blur it out maybe sometimes if you're drawing a box or something like that you, you want the outside of it to be a little bit blurry but the inside you want to be crisp and the great thing about the boxes is you can just go into those blurry bits and and just get them all nice and white again just by uh, yeah. l- just a little bit of touch over the top, it really
2: nicely and gently.
1: Yeah, you can be really gentle with it.
2: So I think the the ruler, the lead sharpener, and this eraser is something that all three of us have day to day. Is that correct,
1: Jordan? Mm-hmm. Yes, I also have these, but I don't I don't carry them with me every day.
2: Notebooks. Now this is a big one. So me and Jules uh use daily journals as well as uh notebooks to to you know jot down ideas and plans and all that kind of stuff and tracking of things. Uh the field notes um collection of notebooks is, is something that I, I choose to use. Um me and Jaws have a subscription to that, I know that. And uh I have uh, varying amounts of these in fact I have a whole shelf above me right now that is is covered in in notebooks because I I have so many of them and I know Jules has a lot as well, um, so I I go for about one of these every three to four weeks and they are they are really nice, really nice designs. They're always different as well, which is quite cool to you know try some new paper or some new ways that the the card is is made.
1: Yeah, in terms of um, in terms of notebooks, I mean I tried uh, similar with the pens really. I tried a lot of different types and therefore I've got quite a few kind of in stock. Uh, at home the the ones that i tend to use the most at the moment um, previously i use uh, moleskins kind of by default the ones i tend to use the most at the moment is the field notes and then as you mentioned i also have uh, a hobonichi techo and that is the kind of daily uh, planner that i use previously i used the the moleskin that had the uh, week per double page and the way that the Hobonichi Techo show works is that it has a day per page. So a spread is basically two days. And often I kind of plan things over those two days. So there may be some things that I want to do at some point over those two days that that may get done on either of those two days. So I don't necessarily say this page is this day, but I kind of open it to those two days and um, and kind of treat them as, as, as one for the, for the couple of days. In a similar way to the way that I used to use uh, a Molesk, uh, the Moleskine uh, Weekly Diary, which is you'd open it up and that would be your two pages for the week. Yeah. Similar kind of thing. Um, and then the, the field notes are just used for everything else. Uh, and I had a lot of um, – I had – the Moleskin notebooks for it previously and I would often be like oh this is the the Moleskin that I take to work and this is the Moleskin that I use at home and then I ended up these two large notebooks that I carry around and sometimes I just wouldn't put things in them um, because I I didn't necessarily want to like if I if I had a rough idea or if I just wanted to jot something down I would often end up using like a post-it note or something like that instead uh, but these days, I tend to use the field notes, and I just write anything in those field notes. I don't really care—pen, pencil, mild blinders, whatever. If I've got something that I want to write down, I just tend to put it in the field notes. And um, like you, I go through them over time, and then I just put them on the shelf when, mm-hmm. when they're done.
2: So um, the field notes—they, yeah, I use I use pen now in them. I previously used. Uh, pencil. I use the Kurotoga in them, but um, I just switched to using the pen, and it's just I haven't really looked back since. It's really, really nice. Obviously, if I'm doing something that requires uh, kind of sketching something out that I'm not sure about yet or trying ideas, I will use um a combination of my Kurotoga and my lead holder to kind of do that. As well as jewels, I have a uh, Hobanichi techo planner, um. Mine's the English version. Yours is the Japanese version, right, Jules? Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, I have the Japanese version.
2: And these things are are really gorgeous designs. That the they're just really nice to look at. And you do um, every time you know you open it, you're like, oh, these pages are really nice. Um, and I, I I so I I do a lot of like daily journaling and these kind of things and keep track of things. And one thing I do is actually use those zebra mildline mildliners I mentioned earlier to To do a, a kind of traffic light system between um, things including um, how generally my parts of my day went and also what I actually eat throughout the day because that has been a, a something I've been keeping track of for a while now uh, for about two years um, and you know I, I have a system in my notebook uh, in my journal that I, I use to uh, every day is kind of similar and you know to keep track of everything and questions i ask myself i guess every day to to write in that journal um now i have mine in a harris tweed fabric uh, sorry fabric hobonichi cover now this is actually something i got off etsy which is a really really nice sign i'll put a link in the show notes uh i have a dark gray and a light gray on them and it kind of helps keep my hobonichi as well as my my field notes together um in one in one package that I can carry around um and just on accessories for these things I also use the Hobonichi sticky notes that I got in 2016 and I really love these things and I bought um one initial board and another replacement pack for them however I should have bought about 20 of them because they are no longer sold and it's really oh really nice. those stickers yeah they've they've gone now so basically when it comes to 2018 or looking at what I'm going to use in 2018 I'm going to have to find a replacement for these because um, I I use these quite a lot to categorize parts of my day um, I put them just sticking out the top of my notebook and uh, so I can see it I know what the colors mean basically and what the different sizes mean so I can see what I've got planned for today, if it's going to be something that's my uh, my company-related or personal-related, that's something that I need to do, or a task or an event uh, that I need to go to. Um, so I use it f- for that. Um, but it is really annoying nice that they're no longer sold because they're, they're really nice. And um, I'm running out of them, and the year's not over yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, someone, I can't remember which one it was, but there are... Uh quite a lot of uh, websites dedicated to the Hobonichi Techo because it is such an interesting notebook. Um, And I remember, I think it was in 2015, asking a question to one of these people who hosts one of these websites. And I said, I quite like this particular case. Do you think it will be around next year or should I get one now? And the immediate response was, if you see something that is on the Hobonichi website and you like it and... Um, you know you you think that that's the one that you want to use get it because there's no guarantee that they're going to have that one in the future especially with the cases but I think it's the case with uh, everything else too they are they they get a a number of cases in they do two sets of um, case releases over the over the year they do one mid-year and one at the start of the year or just before the start of the year and um They get different designs um, made from different materials uh, available on their website. And that is really kind of the, the rhythm of how they do stuff. Every year they have a set of things and the next year may have a different set of things. And I think it's a similar kind of thing with the accessories as well. It certainly is with some of the accessories I've looked at previously, whereby they used to have, for example, rubber stamps. They used to have some rubber stamps and they don't have them anymore. They don't do them at all. Once they are out of the stock, they that's it. Um, they may come up with something new, but it wouldn't necessarily have the same design. So I think, particularly with the uh, with the Hobonichi store, the website, if there's something you like, you gotta you gotta have a stock up on them or buy it early.
2: Yeah, I, I mentioned earlier that buying multiple of things and these sticky notes is something that I'd bought so many more of. I thought I'd be okay um, for, for with two packs, but I just wasn't. Now I'm running out of them, and it's really worrying me. Uh, so just to finish off what I use as well as my uh, the other little things is I use a Havanichi pencil board um, a- uh, in the a6 size because when you're writing on the paper that's in the Havanichi, sometimes after you've you, you get quite far into it it can get quite um, kind of soft uh, with the, the the pages below it obviously adding to that so the pencil board kind of helps give you that sturdy thing to, to write on top of. Um, and Jules, you have one of these as well, don't you?
1: I do, yeah, I use the I use the pencil board as well. I do have the um, the stickers, but I don't tend to use them day to day. I sometimes use them at the start when I'm planning what I'm going to be putting in my notebook for the start of the year, but I don't yeah. tend to use them day to day.
2: And you carry your field notes in the Havanichi inside of a cover, don't you?
1: Yeah. So as as I mentioned before, it, when I looked at the um, the Hobonichi in twenty fifteen, deciding what I wanted to do at the time, I was using the um, the moleskins, and I was looking to change to something else. The Hobonichi was the the primary candidate for what I was going to switch to, and I spent a lot of time kind of looking around, um, and I found one of the cases that they made, which was. Uh, not cheap. They are, they aren't cheap at all. But it's it's really nice one. It's made out of leather. Uh, it's made by Arts and Science, which is um, uh, a fashion brand in Japan that that uh Hibonichi partnered with, and they 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 still continue to partner with them now. But they don't make exactly the same design. Um, I decided there then. It was uh, about midway through twenty fifteen that I would buy it anyway. And in fact, I ended up buying the case for the Hobonichi before I actually bought the Hobonichi, because based on that advice, I knew that that one would not be around forever. Um, And I decided it was worth the money. Um, So I decided to get it and I'm really pleased. I'm still using it now and I'm going to continue to use it next year. And, um, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm I'm going to continue to use it for a while. Um, I find it to be a really, really nice way of carrying all my notebooks together.
2: Yeah. And the reason I haven't asked Jordan about notebooks yet is, uh, is because he uses something completely different to us. Yeah.
0: So I... Obviously, I don't have a Hobonichi um, or a daily planner. I did actually try the the weekly planner. So um, Hobonichi do this, like, um, double spread week, like, field note size. So it's, like, tiny little a weekly planner and I tried that for the majority of 2016 and I really enjoyed it but then as it got busier I actually found it was really difficult to um to keep up with it now the reason I wanted that small planner was because it's it's field note size and um I spent ages working out what to do with my like notebook life so I, I originally had no, no like moleskin and then um I switched to field notes, um, which by, (laughs) thanks to kind of Jules and and Andrew, they were like, you know, look look at these. They were amazing, you know, look at all these different colors. But they were obviously much smaller and had less pages. So inadvertently, I would go through field notes very, very quickly, maybe one a week, one every couple of weeks. But I had this issue where I would want to keep those notes with me. Because I might have a design that I need to reference. Which, actually, thinking back to it, <laughs> it kind of defeats the whole point of of not using a, a skin. But I ended up trying to work out how to keep all these like little bits of paper together. You know, like as as if they were just random scrap paper, like A four sheets that I wanted to keep together. So I originally. Said to myself, well, I'll, I'll have a field notes, and then I'll have like scrap paper, and I'll carry all these together. So I, I, I need something to to keep all this stuff together, and that ended up being the Midori Traveler notebook for a bit, which was, um, which was interesting because it was effectively just a leather sleeve that you could then get inserts for, and I liked it. don't you know, so I bought one, and I got some inserts, and I got graph paper. And then I kind of realized that the, it was just too th- like the it was too I don't know the width would you say, Jules? The width of the yeah, actual the
1: thing. you you got the actual kind of the larger size yeah. travelers notebook yeah, back exactly. when they were still called cool. so it it's still made by Midori but they changed the branding now they just call them travelers notebooks the um you got the the, the larger ones. size yeah the one and they also like... do uh, what they call a passport size. But um, the larger size, the the way that the paper worked, it was too tall and not wide enough.
0: Yeah, and obviously then the passport size one would have would have been in a, I would have had a similar thing. So I went through a few. What was it? Maybe a few weeks of taking that around with me, and then you know I got a bit sick of it. I love it. It it's beautiful, and I, I've seen some things people do, and you can just carry all these these bits of paper around with you. But it, you know, the the field notes would pop out the side, and it was just a bit like uh this is difficult, and then eventually I found a on Etsy a lovely field note specific size, so passport size, Landore, but big enough to fit multiple field notes in. Uh, it's like a leather, a really lovely thick leather cover, and it, it wasn't actually that expensive given the I think it was about sixty sixty pounds, um, and for that kind of leather, it's very thick. Um, and so for that kind of quality of, of of kind of cover, I was I was extremely pleased with it, and I've still got that with me, and I carry that around with me today. And as I said, it fits that um, Hobonichi like weekly planner in as well. So right now, I think I've got three or four field notes in it, plus my weekly planner still. I have since now switched from so I, I carry them with me, and I will use them here and there, but not as much as I used to, because. Again, it comes back to this whole space is now a problem. These small little field notes that I used to use for just kind of jotting down things that I was maybe doing or I was having a discussion about. I don't do that as much anymore. As a kind of segue going back to that, I ended up using this rodeo notebook that Jules got us, mm-hmm. um, which is actually lovely because it's kind of a really nice way of just saying, I need to, I want, I want a big space that isn't A4, an A4 piece of paper. That I can use as scrap, and it's it's like a a five size ish.
1: Yeah, you've got the A five. Yeah. Uh, the 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 pages once you've torn them out are A five. The pad is slightly taller, but it's got this beautiful dot grid on it, um, mm, and the, very nice.
0: Yeah, and and that's I can only really work on gridded paper. So all the field notes I have are grid. All the moleskin are grid, and that doesn't necessarily mean. It has to be a specific type of grid you know i I'm a massive fan of of dot grid um, the reticle grids and some of those field notes i mean oh my God,
1: I'm currently using one with a graph grid
0: yeah gra- it it's 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 brilliant to just be able to splat something down on these um on these notebooks in this, this grid fashion for me it works really well so um I am now back onto my moleskin. And this is the longest moleskin I've ever had going. It's going because I've been switching over the last kind of two years, so 2015 onwards. I have a kind of a moleskin that's from 2015 to now, and it's not even halfway through. And it's really interesting to see the difference in the way I work in these notebooks. Um, And something I was very worried about originally when talking to, to. To Joel specifically about this was I always worried about switching my methodology, the way I write notes, the way I carry stuff around with me. You kind of said to me, "It doesn't really matter, you know. Just try new things, see what works. Sometimes you never need to be. It's never going to be the same indefinitely, is it? So you know, one year might be one thing, one month might be another thing, and actually having." a group of notebooks on a shelf that do have different areas of your life and working methodologies. And it's actually really interesting now because you end up having this really nice collection of different things that you can kind of go back
1: to. It's a tapestry of all these different things and all these different techniques you've used rather than just saying, oh, you know, I've come up with this this one technique once and I'm never going to change. Um, I, You know, when I look at my shelf, I see the changes between you know the more skins, the larger ones, the smaller ones, the change to field notes, and the change to um, Hobonichi. It's it's very very interesting to go back and look at these and see how they are used. And you know, I it's it's nice to keep the same thing for a year at least because that that is a good way of that's a good kind of milestone I find. But um, but generally, I think it's, it's something that you should reevaluate often.
2: Just on the the Midori, there's actually a really nice um, guide that I'll put in the show notes um, about getting started with the Midori, and it, it kind of goes through the different kind of inserts and how you can put them all together. And if this is something that interests you, I do recommend trying it because, uh, as Jules alluded to earlier, it is something. Well, Jules and Jordan alluded to earlier, it is something that you you need to try. You need to try and see what works for you, and you might change, and that's okay. But if 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 the, the Midori uh, Traveler's Notebook. Um and these inserts kind of interest you, then just just give it a go. And that that's talking to people about this stuff who are not necessarily into it just yet but want to get into it, they they kind of ask you what is what what's the go to notebook? What do you what yeah. do you use, you know, why do you use it? And the thing is you you have got to try things for yourself and work it out yourself. And um I would definitely recommend the the uh traveler's notebook getting started with and I'll put that in the, the show notes. Another thing that you were just about to get to, Jules, is the the paper in the Hobonichi. Now, this has been described as as kind of Bible paper. It's in between us. Um, do you want to kind yeah. of describe this paper?
1: It's the the Tomorrow River paper. It is incredibly thin and incredibly sturdy. It can take fountain pen ink. Uh, it can take uh, gel inks. It can take basically anything. But it's incredibly, incredibly thin. For the longest time, it was quite hard to get hold of. But these days, actually, you can you can pick up loose leaf uh, tomorrow River paper, and there are various notebooks that you can get, usually from smaller manufacturers, But you can actually get hold of these things now. Uh, but for the longest time, they were quite hard to get hold of. And, and people tended to buy the um, the hobonichi Techos just for the paper, and just ignore the fact that it says Monday at the top, and just use it as a notebook. Because of the fact that the paper is just so interesting. This is why we can fit an entire year with a page per day and have more left over in such a small notebook because the paper is so incredibly thin and without feeling um, it's not flimsy, it, it just feels really, really high quality. Over time, like like you mentioned, Andrew, the you know, as you use it, the, the paper, the the nature of the paper changes. But when you first buy one of these things, when you first see one, a brand new, fresh one that hasn't been used mm. yet, it's incredible. The, the rounding on the edges, how uh, uniform it is, the thinness of the paper. It's a, it's a really nice, high quality um, notebook. The MD paper in the Midori, the small Midori uh, notebooks is totally different. Absolutely totally different, but also incredibly nice. It's much thicker different yeah. type of paper but also incredibly nice
2: um you can actually buy uh hobonichi notebooks now that are similar to field note size with the uh the paper in it that the hobonichi Techo does have in so yeah, uh, you don't have to buy the planners well. anymore yeah, yeah they are really nice so does anyone have any other any other mentions in terms of uh notebooks
1: I think it's I think it's worth um it's worth kind of just touching on the, the and I think we it's it's probably something that we'll catch up with on another time and we'll probably discuss it in detail another time but the the thing that really got me about the field notes was the fact that every time I choose a new one, I can go for something completely different, but it's something completely different inside of a set of kind of design rules basically it's the same size, the corners are rounded to the same uh you know amount. Everything about it is very, very similar. The same number of pages, usually. I mean, there are some variants there. But I can go through my collection and find whatever I fancy. Plain, dots, grids, lines, graph paper, a thick card on the outside, something shiny, anything that I want. <laughs> whatever kind of fits... What I want to try, and there is something available, and that's why you know I've, got, I've stocked up on lots of the colours editions. Um But it just gives me the option to just choose anything I want, and I go through the the notebooks, the field notes, quicker than any other type of notebook I have. So the Hobonichi is with me for an entire year. The pen, the pens that I tend to use are. are pretty much stable at this point I've, it's been a few years now that i've been using the same type of pens so those don't tend to change but the hobonichi sorry the field notes gives me the opportunity to have a completely different design every time and i really like that
2: yeah it's in, yeah i'd I second everything george just said as well and um it is quite nice you know when you you, you finish one and it's like which one am i going to choose next and because uh we are the kind of people that we are we have a, a massive stash of these things so we have quite a lot to choose from from you know, uh as Joel said, different kind of styles and different kind of papers and uh what kind of paper it is inside in terms of is it grid, is it plain, is it lined, and there is a lot to choose from. And at the end you end up with these, these really nice looking um used ones that you, you bind together. Mm-hmm. Um and you, you, you can you know you can see all the different types you've used and then oh god there's so much and definitely if you're interested in this uh definitely get a subscription because 'cause you'll get all the new ones as they come out. And uh, if you really want to get into it like we did, you can spend a lot of money on eBay trying to buy the old ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's expensive now. I mean, it was expensive enough when we went out and got some of the older editions. And I certainly do not have every single edition. I've got quite a good uh, amount of them. and I've got a lot of the special editions as well. But um, uh, some of them were more expensive to get hold of than the others. Uh, I'm, no regrets. But uh, I think now it would be even harder to, to try and get all those early editions.
2: Yeah, it's it's the really early ones that um I kind of had to stop myself buying because they you know they go for hundreds of dollars now and we're talking four hundred dollars up like the the grass stained green and it's
1: crazy when you think about it because um, the guys over at Field Notes themselves have said when you think about how much these things actually cost to produce it's crazy that they sell for that price mm-hmm. and you know these guys make these things they're being honest about it they're not going to spend that kind of money on them because they know that they can make them themselves and they know what's involved in making them the thing here is is about the fact that it's it's the design of them it's the way that they've been specially made and you know the the thought process that goes into them um, and that, that makes them so appealing but even though it is made out of it's essentially cardboard paper two staples you know sorry three staples Is yeah. that's
2: it i have paid over a hundred pounds for a free pack before on ebay because they were old, and I really wanted them. I, I'm not going to lie about that.
0: Which ones were
2: that? Uh, it was. I think it was one of the um, the draplin design ones with the logos on, or something like that. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can pay a lot, a lot for these. I also just wanted to mention the National Crop set uh, is a gorgeous addition that you should definitely look at paying a lot of money for because it is just. Yeah, beautiful it's a to real. And it's feel. a real favorite. That
1: yeah, absolutely lovely.
2: Just to to want uh, to to kind of build up the subscription again uh, you do get some nice gifs continuing and this is why i have field notes with my own name on it now which is amazing to have yeah so i have a couple of other cases uh, in terms of what i use for notebooks and right now as we're recording this podcast i'm actually using a byline edition of the field notes and that that is a very different addition to the, the standard kind of field notes that we've talked about and mm, this is a yeah. it's, i guess it's a it's a reporter's notebook so it's very tall and it's got a flip you know you flick pages over the top um, it is, it's quite yeah. Nice for using when recording these podcasts because we have quite a long list of just basically timestamps and uh phrases that I, I come back later to in the edit. So
1: we use one of those at home for a shopping list. That's a great
2: that's a great um use case for them. I I because I, I originally got these through my subscription and I was a bit let down because I guess I didn't see a use case for it now, but having these having these around are actually great for this kind of thing. And again, um, we previously mentioned the rhodia uh, number sixteen dot pad in black, um, and I also use that for stuff that I don't necessarily need to put in my note, uh, my my field notes, but kind of longer editions or uh, writing and a bit wider. Um, and also the 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 cover on it just folds over the back and has this really nice logo mm. across the top, and it's just gorgeous to leave it on your desk, like looking at it.
1: They are really nicely done, those rodeo pads. I tend to use them a lot for uh, user experience design. Um, but I think the dot grid uh, works really well for that, uh, and the fact that they're removable. But the other thing that I find that's really nice about them is that I tend to cut them up. So I I may draw um, you know parts of a window or, or parts of a diagram on those rodeo dot grid pads. Tear the page out and then cut it using um, using a little you know craft knife into the shape that I want. And then, you know, I use a lot of these kind of analog tools for other things. I mean, obviously the stuff that we're mostly talking about here is the stuff that we use every day. But, you know, I also tend to use things like the magnetic notes and sticky notes and and things like that all the time to to actually just help uh, with the process of of my work, mostly with my work, which is, you know, architecting software. And um, I find that crafting things out of... uh, paper is actually a surprisingly good way of um, getting a feeling for the architecture of an application yeah. um, and the rhodia pads are fantastic for that so I, I think of them as very crafty paper but mm. I, I use them for other things too they're really nice
0: yeah
2: and, and, and they are um, perforated at the top so you kind of rip the page out when you're done but it's all nice and smooth and then you, you know you use the next one and you store that paper somewhere or cut it up or bend it so that's, they're really nice for that kind of thing so I'm going to move on to the the special mentions section now. Again, uh, getting the the field note stuff over with. I use um, some field notes rubber bands. Uh, they're called a band of rubber, twelve pack on field notes, and they are really helpful for when you have finished a notebook. You kind of uh, when you get a, a couple of these, you start having a lot of these used notebooks, and you kind of want to put them somewhere but don't have them all loose. Um, So I I tend to use these to to kind of bind them together by year and stick them on my shelf um, so that they're there when I need them when they have come in handy having these field notes left over. And Jules, you use these as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, Again, same kind of purpose. I I join uh, multiple field notes together uh, with a a band of rubber. Um, I did something similar in the past when I used um, the small size Moleskine notebooks. I essentially used... Um, Like hair ties, I found uh, a supply of pitch black um, hair ties, like the elastic that you get. And um, I used to carry around two uh, notebooks together by using that technique of actually just putting the hair tie around them. It would hold the two books together as as one book, well, one thing that you would carry. And um, so when I saw that the bands of rubber were available, I got hold of them for a similar kind of purpose. But if uh, in the end, I found I for quite a while I did actually just carry around multiple field notes that way, with a with a band of rubber around them. But uh, these days I I mostly because I don't carry that many notebooks around with me day to day. Everything kind of uh, tightly kind of comes together in either my Hobonichi case or if not then I use my uh, DDC uh, stuff sheath. Yeah. Um, but the the bands of rubber which I just got some more of recently to to stock up. Uh, are how i hold my archives together essentially once i've done four books um i tend to put a band of rubber against them and stick them on the shelf i
2: did wonder why you a bald man carried around a a hairband on your wrist at one point but now i know
1: yeah it's to hold things together i I use them for all sorts of things um holding cables together um all sorts Uh, they're extremely useful
2: my other special mention is the uh, Zebra Zebra Chabo X. Um, I actually have the CB8 multi-pen. Now, this is a really, um, really nice solid pen. I said earlier that I really like pens that are solid, that don't rattle, and obviously with multi-pens, because they have a lot of moving parts um, and different cartridges in them, they they really can tend to be, to be rattly and horrible, but this just isn't at all, and it's gorgeous, and it's solid, and it's nicely weighted. Uh, I have it in a kind of carbon titanium grey colour. It's um, beautiful, It's, yours, it's yeah. beautiful. It's, it's pricey. Uh, luckily, Jordan got it for me as a gift. Um, <laughs> and I'm very happy for that. Um, and just to... Before I let Jules talk about his ST3, uh, I have the same ink um, that I do in my uh, my Prime in it. Um, but it's... Uh, obviously, it's a D1 ink. I have um, Kuratoga Lead in it, same as my... Courier Roulette and I have a Montverde uh, soft roll refill which is actually a turquoise um, highlighter in it which is really quite nice um, but Jules you 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 have the ST3.
1: I do um, I have uh, an LT3 and an ST3 uh, and for the longest time I wanted a multi-pen and uh, I tried a number of them the closest I got was the Mitsubishi, the Mitsubishi Pencil Company's um, Style Fit, um, which, because I used a lot of those inks, so it included Jetstream ink and um, you know the the gel inks, there, the the Signo inks as well, um, I thought that would be great. But when I got them, they, the, all the barrels were just really cheap. Um, and the Sharpo was one that I had my eye on for a while. And, um, when I was, uh, traveling to the US, I decided to, uh, order some stuff from JetPens and kind of have it delivered to the place that I was going in the US so, so that it was there when I arrived. And I decided to get the, uh, I decided just to try it. Um, and I decided to go for the, um, the LT3 originally back in, um, Back in back in, I think it was last year. I think it was the end of two thousand and fifteen, um, and I loved it. It's uh, they these these Charmo X ones are much higher quality than the other multi pens are out there. They're really really well made. They're made out of a much more sturdy material, and there are a ton of different designs. Uh, they, some of them are probably quite limited. They're quite hard to get a hold of, but in comparison to the, either the Jetstream Prime multi pen. Or the StyleFit Meister, which I used previously, it's night and day. There is such a, a huge difference in quality; it's incredible. The LT3 is also quite thin, so it is very similar in dimensions to the uh, the single Jetstream Prime. But it's a it's a three way multi pen. Yeah, with the uh, with the X, you have to have a pencil, but you've basically got the option of having two. Uh, inks in there and it takes d1 refills which means that you can actually mix and match between different companies so yep. i i was i was thrilled to get this and obviously then the uh the hump was on to find the perfect combination of inks to go inside it <laughs> and um what i actually use in in both of mine um is the uh the Jetstream 0.7 mil black uh as the 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 primary ink, uh, which is the same as the one that you use um, and John uses in yeah. the... Uh, John, you use the 0.7, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I was just, just checking to because I, I wasn't sure if you used the one mil, But the um, but that's the same one that we use in the, the Jetstream Primes, and I really like them. They're, they are manufactured in a slightly different way. The actual angles of the nib are slightly different. The ink but, is slightly different. Yeah, it's the amount of these... these D one refills take is significantly less than the standard Jetstream refills, and they're also but more they, expensive as well. They are more expensive, but they're more compatible. So I'm I'm okay with this. This is this is quite an expensive purchase in terms of the ink refills, but I don't mind too much because I find that it overall it gives me the same feeling that the that the more the the, the more traditional uh, refills give even though it's not quite the same you know it is a little bit different but it's it's close enough to me that it's that it's fine um and the the second ink that i um use i considered using red um uh, uh just as a second color which is what i did with my previous multi pens so my meister i had uh, a black a red and a pencil in, and that was the kind of combination that I decided was was right. The miter unfortunately rattles uh, and doesn't feel particularly nice. But I decided to go for something similar, and in the end, I opted for the uh, for the Lamy orange highlighter, uh, which is an absolutely amazing ink because it feels like you're using um it's a it's a kind of a, a grease based ink but it feels like you're using um like a pencil or something it feels really really strange to use so it's a it's a highlighter but it's not a liquid ink highlighter I'm a big fan of the color orange so I thought I'd go for this um and I absolutely love it and I've bought multiple refills of this just to make sure <laughs> that that I've got them because I just find it's just such a nice combination so I've got the black I've got the orange and then in the pencil I go for the uh, 0.5 uh, mm um, B lead. It's interesting to mention here that actually the Sharbo's can it has to have a pencil but mm-hmm. you can have 0.7, 0.3 or 0.5 mm leads. Yep. 0.5 mil is the standard that I use. Um and um I don't use the Kuratoga lead, which is what you use, right? You use a no, B. You, you do. I, no, sorry, I don't. I... I use I use the standard Nano ed, which is the same by the same manufacturer, but it doesn't have that harder core. It's just pretty much a standard um it it is the old gold standard. This is what we used to use in our Kuratogas before the Kuratoga LED became available. Um and that's just the that's just the one that I decided to um to go for. I, I did try the Kuratoga LED, but this I think just works fine for me in the uh in the Charbo. and I would say that actually, you know, I've got many, many pens, Um and this Charbo and the the uh, the, the Jetstream as well, the, the the single prime single, they're the two pens I use, and I don't tend to carry uh, any others with me. I have lots, and I try them at home, but I don't tend to carry others with me. These are these tend to be the only two. So it's quite funny as. Both of them have Jetstream ink in them. But the one, the, the the Jetstream Prime, I tend to use more for a longer, perhaps, writing experience, whereas the Charbo the X is just the pen that I use all the time. Absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, I've got... um, It's kind of like a metal-striped one, like with vertical stripes. Um, it's... Yeah. I... It goes back to the whole ink thing. These D1 refills are expensive. Um. Which is because I write so much, I'm afraid of using it because I'm afraid of <laughs> running out of ink with it. And don't be, don't be. You should
1: use it more. Mm,
0: so I am probably, so that's kind of like, yeah, probably the reason why I haven't been using it as much as I would have wanted to. Um, so yeah, I'm probably gonna make an effort to use it more. I mm. am very jealous of Jules's, like Jules uses a white one and. It's so beautiful. Like I, must admit, I... I
1: do, I do really like the white one, but um, I would keep in mind it is, it doesn't stay as. I don't mind this, but it doesn't stay as beautiful as it did on day one. There are chips in the paintwork, and it does tend to attract uh, kind of ink uh, onto it. So if you are, uh, if you do get some, some uh, relatively wet. Uh, hybrid ink or something on it it will you can see it it's it leaves a mark the it it washes off no no it washes off but what it means is that just day to day i mean I'm, i'm not constantly cleaning the thing i'm using it as a utility but it does mean that day to day it does it doesn't look as beautiful as it did on day one i don't mind at all in the slightest it's it's utility it doesn't bother me but it's worth keeping in mind that 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 it's not quite as 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 gorgeous as it as it is uh, in theory, but it is a very very nice one. I'm very pleased to have it.
0: Yeah, like I think if I were to go back to Japan, I would probably buy myself a white Shabo X. I mean, this if is you can get hold of one, I would probably use that as my main pen at all times. Um, it's the it's not the lt it's the st3 isn't it
1: yeah the st3 is the is the white one that i use which is the larger it's it's got a slightly larger barrel yeah which actually which actually has turned out to be a benefit because what it means is that when you some of the refills uh tend to scrape on the side on the on the um on the st3 because it's a little bit too thin um but the lt3 is is a is a larger pen. If the, which is more traditional for a for a, a multi pen, but it doesn't feel too large. It's definitely larger than your standard pen, but it's not it's not crazy. Um, mm. I think the l, the l t three three uh, sorry the st three feels a bit um, a bit more like a traditional pen. People would be surprised when they find out that it's a, that it's a multi pen, um, but I don't think people would be surprised to find out that the st three is a fountain pen. No, not fountain pen, uh, multi pen. Sorry.
0: I mean, it's strange because actually looking at, I just have a quick look the the designs that me and Andrew have are kind of custom like almost they kind of look like limited edition designs don't they really whereas the white one looks like it's part of like a three set range where you've got like silver white and kind of charcoal um
1: I think that's right yeah the and the um the ST sorry the LT. I keep. I think. I think I'm getting the numbers confused. The thinner one, the thinner one is um, also available in multiple colours as well. But I. But I wouldn't say that all of these colours are going to be available now. So you may have difficulty getting hold of a white one. Hmm.
0: I mean, I particularly like your LT. Um, I know it. You said it. It rubbed. Uh, rubbed down on the, uh, the kind of the inserts, but it's so thin, and it, it, you just wouldn't even think that's a multi pen. I mean if you don't think the st is a multi pen and it doesn't look like a multi pen then the that original Charbo that, that kind of made me interested in these um is just in itself insane and beautiful i mean it it looks you know it just looks like a really thin bic
1: yeah and i and i still use this i mentioned before that i use a um one of the uh, reporter style notebooks it's actually a front page edition of field notes uh, and it's used for like shopping list and stuff like that. And it has uh, the the pen that gets paired with that is the uh, is the Sharbo, uh, the thinner Sharbo, which is the LT3.
2: So I I didn't want to go an episode about mentioning something Apple related so far. Uh, so I wanted to mention the Apple Pencil. Uh-huh. Uh, it's something I use uh, on my iPad and I kind of wish it was on uh, my, my iPhone had support for it. And I use this. Um, In a couple of apps, including bare notes, I just added support for, um, you know, obviously writing things down using digital ink as I guess that's the Windows term for it. Um, But I just wanted to mention that it is helpful, especially when uh, you kind of want to sketch some things quickly. And uh, I kind of like to keep my notebooks um, like a work of art as much as I can uh, and, you know, really take time to write things in there. But if I need to just, you know, uh, Highlight some things on a PDF document, uh, then obviously I'm going to use I'm going to use a Pencil as well as just some quick sketches in front of someone.
1: Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, you're right. Um, I t- I do tend to use the pen for the surface quite a lot as well, um, especially like you say for doing diagrams where you're just showing someone something. I find it particularly useful that if you're having a conversation. And you say, oh, "Actually, look, let's just sketch some diagrams here." And um, one of the nice things about it is that it has a, a button on the end. And I have it configured so that if I press that button, it just uh, loads up uh, OneNote, uh, the UWP version of OneNote, and then just, I can start writing straight away. I can draw a diagram, close it, and know that it's been saved and synchronized to, my, to OneDrive without without worrying about it. Yeah, it's, it, they are really good, these digital pens.
0: Having used both the iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil and the Surface Book with the Surface Pen, I... Don't know if it's a software thing, but I find the pencil on the iPad Pro feels more like a real pencil slash pen. Like feels more like a notebook, like <clears throat> natural. And when I do the same thing on my Surface in OneNote, it doesn't. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel like a natural extension of the way I write. And on the Apple. The iPad with a pencil, it it did. Now I I'm wondering if that's a software thing. I'm just wondering if that's OneNote's drawing support, right?
1: I don't know. I feel like the um, the Surface Pen to be feels more like a marker pen than a pencil. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I I never really got the idea of it being uh, pencil like. And th- to me, the Apple Pencil doesn't doesn't look like a pencil anyway. It's it's very very long. It's a an interesting thing. It it looks more like a stylus than a pen mm. to me. Uh, whereas the Surface One is more like uh, a pen. The Surface One also has changeable nibs, which you don't get on the Surface Pencil. Uh, sorry, on the uh, Apple Pencil. So, uh, but also, I, I do. I am conscious of the fact that um, they just upgraded the Surface uh, Pen. Yeah. I'm and it will cool be available on the existing um, devices. And they've improved the speed, uh, and they've added tilt support and various other bits and pieces that make it um a lot a lot better and i think the the new apple pencil and the new surface pen are for all practical purposes identical in terms of specs so any argument about specs i think is 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 done now for these guys
2: thanks for listening to the mavis podcast you can find the show notes for today's episode at MavisPodcast.com and tweet us any questions you may have at mavis podcast on twitter once again, we'd really appreciate your views on iTunes under Mavis. And finally, you can find Julian on Twitter at Julian K, Jordan at JordanIsOnFire, and I'm at Andrew Halfway.